1: Hey, everybody, it's time for the Vergecast emergency interview episode. Julia Alexander and I sat down with Matt Mullenweg. He's the CEO of Automatic. That's the company that makes WordPress. And simple note Automatic just bought Tumblr, the legendary blogging platform. You might recall Tumblr sold to Yahoo years ago for $1.1 billion. Then Yahoo collapsed, sold itself to AOL. AOL collapsed, sold the whole kit and caboodle to Verizon. No one's taking good care of Tumblr in the meantime. They sold it. That the reported price is true. Automatic bought it for reportedly $3 million. But now they have it. Matt Mullenweg is a legendary CEO on the open web. He's been running WordPress for a long time. WordPress powers so many websites. I think it's over 30% of the sites in the web are WordPress sites. And he has big plans for Tumblr. And he was nice enough to sit down with us and tell us what those plans are. check this out. This is Julie and I talking to Matt Mullenweg, CEO of Automatic. All right, Matt Mullenweg, you are the CEO of Automatic, which makes WordPress, and now I believe you own Tumblr. Welcome.
0: Yes, very excited to be here.
1: So, big news, uh, Automatic uh, purchasing Tumblr from Verizon. Just walk us through that, right? I mean, this is, the story of Tumblr is long and, and winding. I think a lot of folks are very happy that it's in good hands at WordPress now, Uh Dave Karp tweeted, I can't, you know, I'm so happy it's here. Uh Marco Arment, who used to work at Tumblr, tweeted he's very happy. So a lot of Tumblr OGs extremely happy it's a WordPress. But how did how did how did this happen? Verizon call you? Did they <laughs> they send you a 5G Samsung phone with like a note on the screen. How how did this go down?
0: Wow, that would have been awesome, actually. Well, I mean, I've I've long been a fan of Tumblr. You know, I've been a user pretty much since it started. Uh, there's been some features in WordPress, certainly inspired by Tumblr over the years. And uh, I was bummed when it sold to Verizon, or sorry, to uh, Yahoo. Gosh, was that 2013 now?
1: Yeah, for $1.1 $1. $1 billion.
0: For $1.1 $1. $1 billion. And so I was very happy for the team. I was a little relieved as a competitor uh, because <laughs> Tumblr's so cool. And yeah. at the time, Yahoo was not cool. But around this, you know, I believe Verizon reached out to a number of folks and also had a ton of folks incoming because the news of Tumblr being for sale it did leak, I believe, in the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. a few months ago. So I know they had a lot of incoming, a lot of uh, good bidders. I'm really glad that they chose Automattic to be the home for it because I do believe that we're the best place that Tumblr could be in terms of just what we do, what we're passionate about, what the teams already do. There's a lot of overlap between WordPress.com and Tumblr, so I'm really glad this is how it ended up. But it was a, a difficult process.
1: Yeah, I want to I dive into the process. I want to just get it out of the way. I want to talk about the future of Tumblr, but. Uh, the purchase price was reported to be $3 million. Can you can you confirm that?
0: I like how you all just ask for the same questions, <laughs> hoping someone will answer.
1: Well, I mean, A, I think I'm obligated. I think Julia would kill me if yeah. I didn't ask. <laughs> um, and B, it's it's a pretty precipitous drop in value. So I'm, I'm curious if you can discuss that a little bit.
0: Sure. We're deferring to Verizon on kind of all the details there. It's really up to them for what to disclose or not. I can talk more generally that I would think – I just did a blog post about this. Verizon is a a company that does over $120 billion in revenue. They got Tumblr through Yahoo, which then merged with AOL, became Oath, got bought, became Verizon Media. It It was something they inherited a few levels down or a few levels deep. I think that their top priority was not trying to maximize the purchase price. In fact, there might even be a corporate reason for the purchase price to be lower for taxes or something. They were really looking for where the best home was going to be. And so that was really where we tried to optimize the deal. Uh, especially in terms of you know bringing over the the close to two hundred people, we're taking them all on, and I am aware of some of the details of some of the other bidders. You know, they were not planning to keep much of any of the team going. so we we take more of a Berkshire Hathaway approach. We really want to bring over the management, the team, take what was working well, which is Tumblr's engagement, and grow from there
1: so that's really interesting. so t- talk about just that bit of the process. I think most people listening to a show like this are not. Uh, in your shoes very often where you you go out and you buy sort of a legendary internet property. There's a big telecom company involved. There's other bidders who, uh, I think you mentioned, I read your blog post, there's private equity companies who just want to like break the thing into parts and sell it for scrap. Most people are not usually in that situation. So just describe what it was like going through that process.
0: Hmm. We actually, people send us stuff all the time. So we kind of look at at least a few acquisitions a week. Um, most are not a good fit for this. What we do is, you know, there was kind of a deck they had. We went over and met the management team and a few folks who work on uh, the kind of uh, Verizon Media and Verizon side of things. Um, I had some contacts at Verizon that I, I pinged sort of separately. And uh, then there's a diligence process. You try to find out as much information about the business. You talk about possible outcomes. You you just kind of figure out what works best for both sides. Uh, we always approach deals from kind of a win-win. So what I like to do is understand what motivates the other side and what's most important to them. And then, you know, try to find the intersection, the Venn diagram overlap of, of what you're able to do and what's important to you. So were you
1: mostly initiating with Verizon or with uh, Tumblr folks?
0: That's actually a good question. Um, so both. Uh, so we both interacted with the Tumblr folks. And, uh, but it's just kind of Verizon running the process. They have some extremely experienced corporate <laughs> developments and lawyers and everything. So, um, Verizon lawyers?
1: I don't believe it.
0: I'll say their lawyers are super good. <laughs> it was some of the agreements that came over, were like, whoa. Uh, so, but you know, the team at Automatic, um, like I said, is very tiny but powerful. And, um, and we worked really, really hard to make this happen. There was an exclusive period. And then, um, Kind of the deadline, and we got everything signed up on Sunday.
1: So it, the deal is closed. Tumblr is a automatic property now.
0: We are all signed. You know, I believe the terminology is the deal is cu- is subject to customary closing conditions. So it's going to take a you know call out a few months to actually transfer everything over. But yeah, we're all signed and agreed, and so it's basically ninety nine percent of the way there.
1: Okay, so that's the deal. What do you want to do with it?
0: Goodness, were you ever a Tumblr user?
1: I briefly hosted my my personal blog on Tumblr. It is still my second most used daily app. I mean, this is the reason we were so excited to talk to you. The community on Tumblr, uh, it's gotten a little bit smaller, but the community that's still there is ferocious. Yeah. It's still enormously popular with those folks. I think it's like Taylor Swift's She's favorite it. social media platform. So Taylor Swift and Julia, I mean, yeah. what more do you need?
0: Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean. Yeah. Bruce Sterling. There's some cool folks on there.
1: When we were launching The Verge and we didn't have a website yet, all of us just sort of like tech blogged on our personal blogs and mine was on Tumblr. So I used it a lot then. And then like basically my last Tumblr post is – Hey, check out The Verge, <laughs> uh, where I, where I failed to blog now for a number of years. Um, it was a platform at that time that was so flexible, right? You you either could just use it. I mean, I used it effectively as a replacement for WordPress to host my personal blog. Other people use it as a social network. Other people just, I mean, BuzzFeed has done the best job of monetizing Tumblr of any company. Like they just yeah. look at it for content and repost it.
0: Really? Oh, oh, yeah, because they they rip off a lot of stuff from it.
1: Uh, well, there's your first task. But yeah, so I'm curious. I mean, it's so many different things. It has not been well tended to um, by its variety of corporate parents. You seem like you're very interested in tending to it. Where do you where do you want to focus? Where do you want to go?
0: Yeah. And Julie, do you mind saying, like you said, it's your second most used app. What do you use it for?
2: I love the Marvel movies. <laughs> this is like a joke at our office. No, but I genuinely am like a huge huge fandom person always have been so like i graduated from i also had a wordpress blog and then moved to tumblr because i started um writing and reading fan fiction and tumblr was like the go-to place along with like ff.net nao3 but tumblr was like the go-to place for fandom and arguably i think still is
0: so this was one of the things that really surprised me is i think i thought as probably many do that you know tumblr had kind of died under a uh, under its variety of corporate parents, and then actually being able to see some of the numbers, including some of the numbers post when they changed their adult content policy. I was like, wow, this is still got a ton going on. You know, more of that, we'll be able to talk about more of those numbers after the close, because I think they're really, really interesting. But like I said, it actually hasn't transferred over yet. So I don't want to speak out of turn. But there's huge engagement. And like you said, the people who are love Tumblr, use it every day. You know, they have more daily active users than wordpress.com has monthly active users. They've really cracked a lot of the social side of it. In terms of what we want to do, you know, one thing that also impressed me was just the team, the people who were still there and working on Tumblr, really passionate about their community, about what the software could do. I think that they, well, I know that they have a lot of things that they want to launch and do, some that are even already fully built that while this process was going on, you know, it didn't really make sense to add new things that change the service significantly or things like that, but um, it's a very innovative team as well. You know, Tumblr pioneered a lot of what later would show up on Twitter, Instagram, WordPress, all sorts of other places. <laughs> so it's always been a very creative team. And I really am looking forward to seeing that just unleashed because we are a very, I mean, I guess we're still a corporate parent, but we're, we're a very friendly one. And, um, and we're all about blogging and innovation, publishing communities. So I would love for Tumblr to become a social alternative you know, uh, that's one that's in line with automatics values around privacy, freedom of speech, around publishing, but has the sort of fun and friendliness of some of the other networks we use, but without that kind of democracy destroying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what what you want to call it.
1: Well, I think you want to you want to call it Facebook. I mean, I tweeted last night like, imagine if Tumblr had said independent and uh, became a competitor to Twitter and Facebook and Google and was chasing those. Dollars in the market, that attention. Is that your goal to go right at Facebook and Twitter with, with Tumblr?
0: No, not at all, because I think that we've always had some different models. So, advertising is definitely something we're going to explore. Um, we do definitely want to grow Tumblr's revenue. Right now, they're burning a lot of money. But, you know, long term, I would say I'm also super interested in experimenting with upgrades. WordPress.com has always been an upgrade-centric model. You know, it's freemium, user-free, and then you can buy plans anywhere from $40 to $450 per year to get added functionality. I'm curious about turning on things like some of the e-commerce functionality we've been developing with WooCommerce, memberships. Those things I think would be very, very interesting to the Tumblr community, which currently kind of uses Tumblr, but often points people other places to do those things, like Patreon, other things like that, memberful. So there's just so much to unlock there once we can kind of unlock the team.
2: So the Tumblr community, which I am like very much a part of, has watched um, as executives from Yahoo and Verizon came in and tried to grow something that they really didn't understand. Um, famously in 2016, Yahoo executive like reportedly said Tumblr is the next PDF, like that's what he, <laughs> they saw it as, <laughs> which is like now a major joke in the community. Um, but what we've seen happen, and I'm sure like if you looked at Tumblr last night, we've seen this decline of trust between the community and whoever's in power because they've been burned so many times. So I guess my question is like you're coming in you're the new corporate overlord um how are you going to prove that like you know what tumblr is and should be in a way that doesn't make them feel more alienated than they already are
0: i guess if anyone had nervousness now i would just say look at you know Automatics' fourteen-year history, WordPress's sixteen-year history—we have kind of a long track record with these things, and um, including building a lot of trust in an open-source community, which, by the way, is usually also very skeptical of any companies or corporate <laughs> involvement. But really, I would love for people to judge us by the actions over the next eighteen months. You know, there's call it two months to close. There's going to be a few months of integration and migrating data and servers and everything like that. But then after that, really look at what happens. And ultimately, that's how I always want to be judged, by our actions. So that's,
1: I think, brings up a, a big thing in the community, an example of sort of the Verizon disconnect. Obviously, Verizon decided that adult content was going away. You tweeted last night, if you people want big policy changes here, put pressure on the app stores of Apple and Google. No one else has any leverage. What do you, what do you mean by that?
0: Hmm. This is a very nuanced issue.
1: <laughs> I mean, t- I, I will say this, um, Dieter Bone our executive editor, said, you have to ask about this. This is the whole thing. Like This is the Mm -hmm. whole issue with the web, right? There's the open web, which you guys build on. Uh, Then there's sort of the App Store world. Apple doesn't want adult content in the App Store. Google doesn't want adult content in the App Store. It sounds like a lot of Tumblr users are still mobile. I mean, they're younger. They're definitely mobile. That seems Mm -hmm. like a big disconnect here. And that, I mean, every layer, I think, of tech policy is implicated in that conversation.
0: Yeah, and some people said, Well, do you need to be in the app store, just have a web version? But I mean apps really are it. And I believe Tumblr is one of the top, you know, thirty or forty apps in the social networking category. It's usually top couple hundred globally. So their app is a big part of how people interact with it. And I don't know if you've ever been through an app review process. We've even run into this on on WordPress before. You know, they'll search for porn, <laughs> no, actually, it's not like it needs to be on the homepage or in the sign up. They're like, really look for it. And if they find something, you can be taken down, you can get in trouble. Like there's, and by the way, it's arbitrary. Like maybe they, something that you launched a year ago, now they're saying is not allowed. Like app stores can be um, kind of fickle and uh, not capricious, but sometimes feel a little arbitrary. And so if you're going to play, but honestly, I think if you're just going to be there, if you're going to be on the app store. You want to try to play by what they what they support. The more nuanced and broader issue, which I think is affecting every place that has user generated content, is you know I think that pretty much everyone has moved beyond even where we used to be, which is saying like, hey, if it's First Amendment, if it's not illegal, if we don't get a legal order to take it down, we're happy to host it and promote it. And now everyone is kind of realizing like, well, there's a lot of stuff that's not illegal that you maybe don't want to spread everywhere else. When you talk about the adult content on Tumblr and the changes that they made, there's really like four or five issues mixed in there. There was definitely spam. I, I was more active user Tumblr, you know, eight or nine years ago. And when I logged back in, checking it out, my feed was full of, um, you know, nude pictures that were linking to a spam site. And this wasn't, how, wasn't something I had subscribed to, but it was a blog that had been kind of taken over by spammers. And they were just filling it, you know, posting five times an hour with these kind of ads for like some sort of chat side, it was spam, essentially. So that no one wants, right? Now that there's lots and lots of shades of gray in between. And I do realize and definitely want to learn more. There's been a lot of different communities on Tumblr. And, you know, some of the baby might have been thrown out with the bathwater. So we're definitely, you know, like with any sort of policy or algorithm or AI or whatever is doing the filtering, like you want to evolve it and make sure that you're, Blocking what you say you want to block and not uh, catching anyone legit as well.
1: So, I mean, that brings up, I think, the biggest sort of dilemma, which is contained in your tweet. You could do that stuff on the web, and, that, and you could evolve the content policy and make it maybe less restrictive there. But in the app, you would, you would still be kind of stuck inside of whatever Apple and Google want.
0: That's my understanding. You know, another thing people ask is, well, how do, how do Reddit and Twitter get away with it? Because mm-hmm. both have tons of adult content. I I don't know. I'm actually curious. Uh, I believe Reddit has like a a setting you do on the web that then if you turn that off, you can get more adult stuff in the app. But I wonder if that just works because Apple hasn't noticed it yet or if it's actually like something that is allowed within their policies. Um, I don't know. I will say that overall, a really thriving home for adult content is something that is probably best for like a company or a website, which is totally dedicated to it. And I know a bunch of people, a bunch of sort of sites popped up after uh, the policy change um, in December. So, I mean, that might be a better future (laughs) versus someplace where, you know, there might be a gray line or evolving policy.
1: Yeah. How do you think about, I mean, obviously, you know, WordPress is a huge tool, service, platform for all kinds of creators. It has, obviously, a different monetization model, as, as you said. I mean, entire massive media publications are hosted on WordPress, and individuals use WordPress. Do you expect that kind of scale for Tumblr, or do you expect it to be kind of more of the social network that you're describing?
0: Well, I think the primary user experience is going to be that social network. But there's no reason that, including you know, VIP or really high-end users of WordPress, can't tap into that social network in a really native, beautiful integration. You know, one of the things that um, Facebook did kind of after after Cambridge Analytica is they actually removed all their posting APIs. So you used to be able to post to WordPress and we would auto post to Tumblr, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, et cetera. And um, they turned off those APIs after Cambridge Analytica kind of in the, the hubbub that followed and no one really objected or talked about it too much. But effectively, they turned off the part that allowed you to you know, put external content into the Facebook newsfeed and everything. And that was actually kind of like a, a big change in how the open web worked because previously all of the social networks had had you know, some sort of way to get things in and out. Tumblr, for example, used to support RSS feeds so you could follow things that weren't actually hosted on Tumblr. I would love to bring features like that back because like I said, I would love for Tumblr to be a better part of the open web. love for it to support, you know, maybe some of the new open web formats or, um, ah, gosh, what's the stuff that Tom Tech Jellick works on? Open social network... XFN was something we did way back in the day. There's lots of things that you can say um, have a purpose-driven, more open network. And I'd be very curious how you know clients can be built on that that aren't necessarily operate in a more distributed fashion, a more open-source fashion, and aren't necessarily even maybe even dependent on a centralized source or content policy.
1: I guess earlier I asked you about competition in terms of ad dollars, but let me ask this question a different way. It really sounds like you want to be a competitor... To the big social networks in terms of user attention, openness, politeness, right? Like strength of community. Is that what you're aiming for?
0: I want to create a place on the web which is fun and supportive and substantial. You know, you're old school web user, like at one point blogging had a real magic to it, a real for Jean Like, right? It was like mm-hmm. kind of You'd have blog rolls and links and people would follow and comment and you'd, you'd keep up with things. And it was a really, really nice social network, but that also was totally distributed and people would have their own designs and all those sorts of things. I think we can bring some of that back and reimagine it in a mobile world, which is where Tumblr is also super strong.
2: I'm also interested because when we think of Tumblr, I think it's so easy to look at it with um, rose, through rose-tinted glasses. And I mean, I say this as someone who uses it and loves it, but Tumblr has a bunch of major issues. It's seen a huge rise in extreme uh, ideology on the platform that Tumblr's had to address um, it has seen major issues around mass shootings and, and the way that they glorify shooters that they've had to address um, and the sentiment on Tumblr is not dissimilar to the sentiment on Twitter which is you know constantly like Jack Dorsey banned the Nazis like why is this still a thing on this platform and Tumblr has that, on its, pl- on its side as well, and it's become this huge issue, I just feel like it doesn't get talked about as much because it's not as big as Twitter. So my question to you is, like, do you plan to actively go in and, like, try to clean this up, or are you just going to kind of leave it be in the way that Verizon and Yahoo have for so long? It's a low bar, truly. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah, I feel like not the toughest question I've ever gotten.
2: <laughs> I guess, well, how are you planning to do it? Like, because that would require hiring moderators... Um, like there's a lot of investment that goes into cleaning up a site.
0: Yeah. Have you heard of those problems on WordPress.com recently? Uh, no. There you go.
2: But I would not call WordPress a social network in the way that Tumblr is.
0: But probably gets as much, if not more, published to it. These are very, very difficult problems. So I do not want to trivialize or say that anything, even if you work really hard on it, will be 100%. But I do think that one of the things that excites me is Tumblr has a great trust and safety team so does the rest of Automatic that works on WordPress.com and everything else we produce. So these teams have a lot of overlap, and I'm looking forward to them working together. I think it's one of probably the first things that we'll try to harmonize across the acquisition is just say, hey, we're doing 99% similar work. Uh, let's make sure our policies are consistent. And also, what have you figured out? Tumblr has some really amazing automated tools that we don't have on WordPress.com that works really well. And what have we sort of Navigated with kind of the the nuance of content that people host on WordPress, and how can we use that to inform and really encourage a, a healthy community on Tumblr as well?
1: Do you see these platforms coming together? It, I, I just get the sense that you you intend to keep them apart, which makes sense, right? One is a very like user centric social network, the other one is a publishing platform. But do you envision them coming ever closer together, or more on sort of the policies, procedures, back end side?
0: I think there's a lot of overlap in what both do. I would love for them to interoperate. I do believe that long-term, there's a there's an opportunity to merge a backend technology, so that Tumblr are actually powered by WordPress on the backend, because WordPress, we think of it as an open web operating system. You know, it powers 34% of websites now. Uh, it should be able to power everything that Tumblr does. But that sort of what I would call the Tumblr app, the user experience, the dashboard, that will always be its own unique thing and evolve in its own way, because it is it is something distinct from everything else on the web and that's what i think is one of the most interesting things about tumblr as a unique iconic brand that i'm looking forward to being around for decades to come it has something that's just a bit different you know it's funny because almost every social network evolved to incorporate forms of blogging whether it was microblogging blogging audio blogging which is podcasting like these are all kind of forms of things that were originally pioneered on blogging yet all of these things have become so Balkanized I think it's very, very interesting to see if you can bring them together a bit as Tumblr post formats do. What people, what kind of experience people can create for themselves and really making it something where they choose what they follow and not just being algorithmically pushed whatever is the most incendiary thing that might be in their feed.
1: What is a tweet storm but enforced paragraph breaks for bad writers? That's I think about <laughs> this every day. Um, it's just a fact. You know, I'm getting some like strong Google Reader vibes from you. Not like that you're going to build an RSS reader, but... Google Reader, it still lamented that it's gone, but it, w- it was the application that brought together an entire ecosystem of blogs. Do you see that? I mean, that, and that role is long vacated. I'm maybe the last Feedly customer on earth. Do you see uh, that role as something that you can fill?
0: I think that there's something super valuable there. And when you think of time well spent online, when you think about people getting more control over how they put their attention and their time, think about their data, are they investing their kind of data into a place where it can come back out, where it benefits them as much if not more as it benefits whoever's hosting them or whatever software they're using? Do they have true ownership? These are all things that I think never go out of style. We have uh, sort of peaks and troughs of openness on the web. I think we are exiting a trough. You know, if you think 2016 maybe was the peak of the closed social networks and proprietary software, we are seeing a incredible growth of open source, of distributed systems, whether that's in information, whether that's in blogging, whether it's in CMS's WordPress with money, with crypto and everything related to that. These are powerful revolutions that are going to play out over, I think, the next 15 to 20 years. But it's only going to go out from here, in my opinion. And this is also my life's work. So I've been working on this for 16 years. I hope to work on these issues literally the rest of my life. So I'm going to keep working to create... The kind of web that if I ever have children that I want them to grow up with.
2: Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. You said you wanted to introduce more advertising to Tumblr, right? Like you wanted to bring that in as a revenue means.
0: I don't know if more is the best word, but I do think that the advertising they did do is significantly lower than what you would expect. It makes significantly less than what you would expect for the amount of traffic and audience they have.
2: Right. So the interesting thing about Tumblr, quick background, I cover YouTube a lot, is that Tumblr, I feel like, will run into or could run into the YouTube issue, which is the community was so different than what it was pre all these influence of ads because the site had to change in order to ensure that advertisers were happy, which is natural. But Tumblr is such a niche audience still. It gets away with being so weird. Like, that's why people still love it. It's weird whether it's fandom or it's, like, (laughs) just weirdness in general. Do you worry about the idea of bringing in this kind of – Ad structure is the wrong word, but bringing in ads will affect the community, will affect how people view and use the site?
0: I think there's an opportunity there. Um, My understanding is right now, most of the ads are kind of programmatic, which means kind of network ads. It's not where, say, a movie studio or sort of a specific advertiser who really understands Tumblr audience is saying, this is who we want to reach and with a message we want to target to them specifically. So that's an experiment, of course, but I have high hopes that the, as you described it, the weirdness, what I would describe as the beauty of the Tumblr community, is actually really, really appealing. And there's people there that we could do a good job with advertising. Now, I will also couch that by saying Automatic is not an advertising company. We're a subscription and upgrades company. So perhaps the advertising thing doesn't work out and it's all more of a a subscription-based I think that can be really healthy and really positive as well.
1: I want to zoom out on that a little bit.
0: You run a
1: publishing platform. Like I said, it scales to all kinds of users. We run one too, right? We run chorus. <laughs> uh, it doesn't have nearly as many customers as, uh, as WordPress. But one really good website in the verge.com. <laughs> at least one. There's some other ones at this company that are pretty good. Um it's a hard time for like media monetization. And we you mentioned earlier BuzzFeed rips off Tumblr a lot. I think. One of the things that I see is, okay, maybe the BuzzFeeds of the world can like scrape by with a bunch of Tumblr posts, but the people who make this stuff on Tumblr rarely get paid for their work. And if the advertising doesn't work and you start charging upgrades and subscriptions, now you start like charging them to make and consume that work. How do you think about the relationship to creators? Like is there – this is maybe just a big question. you probably, Maybe haven't thought about it, but is there, is there a way to – sort of empower and compensate the creator? I mean, Tumblr is such a force of culture. Is there a way to, to give back to it in a, in a way that isn't just like transfer of value to, to BuzzFeed?
0: Totally. Um, let me talk about what we do for that on WordPress.com. So one, uh, we have WordPress.com upgrades, so you can buy and you get additional customizability. And yes, it's a cost, but you can get so much more power and control over your site, including things like your own domain name. It's not bad. It's, you know, it's a couple... of it's a week worth of Starbucks or something, you know, it's not a, a huge investment for your complete online presence. We have a program called Word Ads that allows people to run ads. Uh, we essentially bundle everyone together, can do really advanced things like header bidding and other things, ensure quality, and then do, do into a revenue share. So you can have your own ads on the site and make money from that traffic. We've also been launching features around monetization or e-commerce. So there's a simple payments button, there's some membership stuff that's launching soon, all the way up to full WooCommerce, which you can build, you know, the stores that do over 100 million a year in annual revenue built on WooCommerce. So again, from the simple, almost PayPal-like Pay Me Now button, all the way up to sophisticated stores are things that you can do on WordPress. And we see literally north of 10 billion of transactions a year go through that and growing fast. So I would love to open some of that up. Um, and to the Tumblr community, these are things we built already. How it fits or works for Tumblr is really going to be up to that team. You know, they understand that user base and that community uh, better than anyone else in the world. So I'm very curious to see how using some of the raw materials and the technical things that we've already built inside of REST of Automatic, how they think that will fit best with the uh, with the Tumblr community. I personally would be really excited about memberships or some sort of recurring payment.
2: So, like four ninety nine a month or whatever, you'd get exclusive type of content. Like it's essentially what YouTube and Patreon are doing right now.
0: Or just a way to support a creator that you love. You know, have you ever read Kevin Kelly's uh, seminal essay "A Thousand True Fans"?
1: I talk about one thousand true fans with Casey Newton. I would say once a week. This is fact. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Maybe we can yeah. put it in the show notes or something. Everyone yeah. should read it. It's amazing. It's. Uh, do you want to summarize it?
1: Yeah. So Kevin Kelly says, uh, it, uh, if you're a creator on the internet, you only need one thousand true fans who buy every single thing that you make. Uh, in that scale, I think his his specific example is you're you're a band, right? I always say you need a hundred thousand true fans. Uh, that's my. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know I think like, it depends on the like, price point. I'm a capitalist right? at heart. My <laughs> price point is like, how do I get a boat? But um, <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: But we're seeing so many cool examples of this. You know, one of my favorites, because he used to be a colleague of mine at Automatic, is uh, Ben Thompson over at Stratechery. Yeah. But there's tons of other examples, particularly in the in the creative side of things. Not that what he does isn't creative, but more like music, art, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That, um, yeah, I think that this would be a really amazing way for a community to interact and for people who might just mostly consume to also have a way through the app to support their favorite people.
1: I mean, that's super interesting. I, it's fun to rethink Tumblr in this moment as is something is a is like a powerful force in the creative ecosystem when i think for so long it's been it's been withering i mean it's just obviously been not tended to have you talked to that team yet like all 200 of them have you have you like had the big all hands hey we're the you know we're the new kids we promise not to ruin it more
0: we just did that on monday um i'm actually uh At a seminar for the Aspen Institute this week, so I wasn't able to be there in person. But I will be heading there to meet the team in person next week, and I'm really looking forward to it. So we've got to spend a lot of time with the executives there uh, through the whole process. But it was it was a secret process. So the rest of the folks, I'm going to do office hours. I'm really going to try to meet and listen to as much as possible. Also, you know, other folks who have been involved with Tumblr before. One of Automatics investors and site venture partners, Devin, was actually an investor in Tumblr. And you saw the tweets from. Marco and David Karp and Bijan and like, I really want to meet them and talk to them and learn from them where they feel like things could get better, where maybe things took a wrong turn, how they think Tumblr should evolve in today's world. Like there's so much uh, so much intelligence at the edges and wisdom in, uh, in the team that that's, I think what we really want to use to inform the next chapters.
1: How, how big is Automatic?
0: Automatic is about 950 people now. So it's a a pretty significant
1: addition of staff.
0: Yeah, it is by far our biggest acquisition, both in terms of investment and people.
1: And you're holding on to everybody.
0: Yeah, bringing the whole team over.
1: That's great. Are you going to try to integrate your engineering teams or are you going to leave them alone at first?
0: So I would think of, we've done a few acquisitions like this before. You want to integrate gently. So (laughs) like look at where things make sense and do that first. Show success and then start to expand. Long term, like I said, there's a lot of overlap between WordPress.com and Tumblr. There's also a lot of things that are totally different and I could see being independent kind of forever. So, but um, especially from an engineering point of view, I am excited to build more things using kind of uh, React and APIs that might actually be reusable across them. So even though, you know, we could have some some code sharing uh, across the apps. As you know, WordPress.com, including Calypso, which is kind of our front end, is 100% open source. So that's all there, and we can see what kind of code sharing or maybe what we can open source on the Tumblr side.
1: Do you to open source Tumblr?
0: That would be pretty cool.
1: <laughs> That'd be
0: rad. Last question.
1: It's another layup. How soon until Verizon's weird ad tracking pixels are gone from Tumblr?
0: Ah, that's a good question. So I would say that for all of those things, expect things to be kind of the same until we do the close. And then, you know, after post-close, think of that being October, uh, we'll really start to look at our systems. So, you know, Automatic has an approach to GDPR, an approach to tracking pixels. We're a very privacy-focused company. Like, we'll really start to try to integrate what Tumblr does with what we found works really well on WordPress.com, Longreads, SimpleNote, our other products.
1: I have to say SimpleNote is my favorite
0: Automatic product. I'm just,
1: I mean, it's like, it's literally, it's like my, it's the thing I use the most, so.
0: Thank you. I really appreciated the Verge uh, write-up of it as well. You know, it is, it was funny because the the criticism is also what we love about it, in that it doesn't do a lot of other things. We try to keep it simple note, not not fancy or complex note. So,
1: <laughs> uh, thank you for using it,
0: and I hope you notice we've actually been investing a lot in that as well. There's been a lot of updates to simple note. That's great.
1: Um, well, Dieter wants to know when an encryption is coming, but just let us know some other time. <laughs> um, okay, here's my actual last question. You've spoken to the employees of Tumblr. This is an opportunity on this show to talk to the people who use Tumblr, the community. What is the thing that you want them to know the most?
0: Well, first, I would say thank you for using Tumblr and sticking with it. Uh, second, I would say I hope and believe that Tumblr's best days are actually ahead of it. That you know, as an independent company again, as part of an independent company, it has the opportunity to be responsive, agile, and creator-centric, and in, um, in a way that you know it might have been constrained in some ways since 2013. So stick around, try it out, and keep an eye out, especially over the next six to 12 months, for some of the new stuff that's coming.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. I know know we caught you at the end of the day. We really appreciate it.
0: No, it's been a pleasure. It's Good talking to you both. You too. All
1: right, my thanks to Matt Mollenweg, CEO of Automatic. I know this was an emergency Vergecast episode. I am not on the chat show this week. Dieter will be running that one. We'll see how it goes. I'm on vacation. We'll be back next Tuesday with an interview friday with the chat show and on and on we go right into the heart of gadget season it's coming summer's almost over get ready rock and roll